Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob Benedict. I'm Richard Spate. We're so glad that you're here. And we are, man, we're killing it in season three. Are we? <laughs> we are. I feel like season three may be killing us. <laughs> uh, we're tearing into season three. Can't believe we're already here. Quick thanks to everyone who supports our sponsors. Please visit their sites. Use the promo codes or at least like or reshare our sponsors' posts when we make them. Our sponsors help make this podcast possible. Without our sponsors, there's no podcast. Without podcasts, there'd be no entertainment that's audio-based only. You'd be jogging and or driving right now, listening to silence. Is that the world you want to live in? Not this guy. So support our sponsors, won't you? Well said. And now, without further ado, we're going to get into episode three of season three, Bad Day at Black Rock. Bad Day at Black Rock. That's right. Gordon Walker is in prison and he's visited by a hunter named Kubrick. Gordon convinces Kubrick that Sam Winchester must die. The brothers are on the road. Sam tells Dean about his encounter with Ruby. Dean's upset that he didn't kill her. Then a call comes in on John's old cell phone. What? Yeah, it's been in the glove compartment this whole time. Oh, man. The boys learn that John had a storage unit near Buffalo, New York. Buffalo? Yeah, big snowstorm up there. Wow. It's been broken into. So the boys learn that John had a storage unit near Buffalo, New York, that it's been broken into, and they've taken a rabbit's foot. The rabbit's foot provides good luck to whoever holds it, and the previous owner dies within a week. However, Sam holds the foot before realizing that it's cursed. Dean takes advantage of Sam's newfound luck by having him play scratcher lottery tickets, which all win, of course. A mysterious, now superstar woman steals the rabbit's foot, and Sam's luck goes sour. What do you mean by now superstar? What does that mean? I think he's saying because she's a she's a big deal in the... Uh, it's Lauren Cohan, everyone. She's a... Uh, She's in uh, the, the Walking Dead. She's in The Walking Dead. I did not know that. And she's super cute. Anyway, a mysterious and now superstar woman steals the rabbit's foot and Sam's luck goes sour. Sam starts hurting himself in accidents. And it's obvious that if Dean can't get the foot back, one of Sam's mishaps could be fatal. Dean goes to Bobby for help and learns that the mysterious superstar is Bella Talbot, a thief who specializes in supernatural relics. Dean sneaks into Bella's apartment and takes the foot. Bella arrives and she tries to shoot him. However, Dean is the foot owner, so she misses every time. Kubrick Kubrick has captured Sam and is going to shoot him when suddenly Dean arrives and uses his luck to save Sam. The brothers are going to destroy the lucky charm when Bella arrives and she demands that they hand it over. She shoots Sam in the shoulder to prove she's serious. Dean tosses the foot to her and in a reflex action, she catches the foot. So then she's she's got the bad luck. She knows it must be destroyed if they want to break the curse. So the brothers destroy the foot. Bella steals their winning scratcher tickets. Kubrick visits Gordon to plan a prison break. And Gordon repeats the ominous message that Sam must die. Sam must die. Yeah, yeah. So Lauren Cohan is a big, big, big deal. Well, that's awesome. I had to look it up. She's actually British in real life. I never knew that. Congratulations to her on a, on a bad, big career. Big career, and uh, yeah, she's got kind of a Southern American accent in uh, Walking Dead, so it was interesting to find out that she's oh, uh, she's English. interesting. 
You know, I, I couldn't help but think that Sterling K. Brown had one of his easier episodes of uh, work to do. <laughs> All right, Sterling, you're going to sit in that chair. We're going to pop off your two scenes and uh, you'll be out of here by lunch. <laughs> It was really funny, though. I thought this was super funny. I thought it was a really fun episode. Mm -hmm. I did, too. I mean, it was out of all the broad comedy ones we've seen so far, and there have been a couple, this one, to me, so far, the least successful. I thought it was a little campy. I, I got it. I thought it was fun. Obviously, Jared and Jensen are great at comedy, so it's not that it fell short based on performance. I just thought the concept was kind of a little on the shallower side or thinner side you know when dad's phone rang i was thinking "Ooh, it's going to be something you know intense and father-son related and it was a little flip given the source of the phone call being dad's mystery phone so i just i thoroughly enjoyed it wasn't a rave fave a little on the little on the slapstick side huh yeah i actually i found myself really enjoying it i like the comedy i think i was in the mood for it yesterday when i watched it I, I was laughing the whole time. I was laughing really loud when Sam, you know, biffs it <laughs> when he's got bad luck and everything he does, like his arm catches on fire. I don't know. To me, the, both of, to me, it was, it was, Sam was the revelation, uh, Jared, because you see Jensen do a lot of comedy on the show. You don't see Jared do as much comedy. And so to me, it was Jared was the revelation. He was, he was super funny. It made me laugh out loud several times. So I kind of liked it. Oh, I totally agree with you. So, so let me let me clarify one thing. I again, I thought Jared and Jensen were great, and they're you're right. There's some super funny bits, but like the bumbling thieves at the beginning, you just knew they were going to be bumbling thieves. Like I, I kind of felt like there was there was no surprise that those guys were doofuses. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. considering we've had For sure. a string of perfect episodes all through season two, it's not like I'm, I didn't like this one. I enjoyed it. It's just got a high bar to reach. I didn't think it was as spot on as, say, Hollywood Babylon or some of the sure. other comedic ones we've seen. Sure, 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 sure. No, I, I hear you. It, it wasn't as as layered as those. Yeah, I just thought it was, uh, you know, it's Ben Edlund and directed by Bob Singer. I don't Genius. know. It's like Ben Edlund's he's so funny. He just makes me laugh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I liked it. I liked, uh, Sam losing the shoe was super funny. Yeah. Super funny. <laughs> and that, you know, even just sitting in the room, not doing anything and the, the smoke starts coming out of the air, air conditioner and then his arm catches on fire. And, yeah. And you know, there's gotcha. a lot going on right now. You, you got this character, Bella, what's Bella going to be. And then you you still have, and you got Sterling K Brown is back. It's like three seasons. Yeah. Still there at Sterling K Brown. So he's not gone. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown is in the show a lot more than I realized. Yeah, me too. Me too. I had no idea. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that all pans out. Yeah, man. So let's let's dive in. I'll tell you. I'll I'll go ahead and since I was the guy on the fence, I'll give you my full beard description review. Okay. I'm going. I'm going Chuck. Chuck's first episode. Oh, now you've made it personal. Well, that's a nice beard you had there, but it wasn't like the thicker beards you had later on in the in the series. It was a little more of the uh, slept in beard. You know what I mean? So okay. I'm going with a, a, a full coating of facial hair. Kind of like what you have right now, honestly. Like a, a nice coating of facial hair. It looks right. good. It looks classy. Right. But it's right. not Loggins right. or Stapleton. Right, 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 right. Well, if we're going with that theme, uh, then I will give it your beard as it, at its most comedic, which is when you've got the real full mustache. When you've got the full... Like just the mustache or the uh, or the full like full ensemble? Like just the mustache. Everything else is clean shaven. You've got just the mustache. It looks like it's it's like straight out of Magnum PI. It looks like it's fake, basically. My mustache starts to look yeah, like a fake, fake mustache. 
that's attached to the nose and glasses. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's really funny. It made me laugh. I liked it a lot. So we're going to the Benedict from Chuck. Chuck's first appearance on Supernatural, and we're going with the the spate uh, schnoz and glasses, uh-huh. uh, fake spate look. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. It really made me laugh, and uh, and again, just uh, Jared was a revelation that he's uh, super funny. I also love that they once again lit an actor on fire. And Lauren Cohen, I like, I, I swear, safety measures were more lax back then, man. Yeah, and there's certain things in the scripts. Too that where I'm like, ah, we wouldn't say that these days. Well, for sure. I mean, there's you definitely know? some dated, especially about girls. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a couple times they call women, they say the B word, but it's not, you know what I mean? And it feels a little bit like, ah, yeah, that wasn't polite. No, I know what you mean. Please don't talk like that these days. No, not really. Not so much. Um, okay, it was another solid one. Another strong delivery from Supernatural. Love another successful dip into comedy. Uh, and this one featuring the comedic chops of uh, Jared Padalecki. Excellent achievement in humor by Supernatural. Um, yeah, so great. We've got a real treat. We've got Robert Ulrich, the legendary TV casting director whose credits are too numerous to list. Now, Rich wasn't with me with me when I did this interview. Rich was working, so just FYI, I'm, going, I'm rolling solo. And now Robert's worked on all the shows we suspect your fans of, including The Winchesters, The Boys, and Big Sky. But just a few other credits include Glee, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, 911, The Rookie, CSI, The Tick, Battlestar Galactica, Felicity, which I'm, uh, and the agency. But I, I, obviously, I've known this guy for a long time. He's been in the business forever. Uh, so let's get to the interview, my interview with Robert Ulrich. Robert, it's so great to have you with us. You know, I've known you for a long time since back in the Felicity days, really, which I credit as my sort of my first big, big job. I had some co-stars before that, but uh, getting cast in Felicity was a big touchstone in my career. But uh, obviously, we're here to talk about Supernatural, and you were the casting director for all 327 episodes? Well, not the, not the first episode. Okay, not the pilot. Yeah, not the pilot, but everything okay. after the pilot. Yes. Uh, well, let's start from the beginning. How did you how did you get your start uh, in casting? So, how did I get my start? I was a not successful actor in New York, and I'd been there for a year when I got married to my wife, who we were dating by coastal. She was in California, then we were both there. Then she became very successful quickly. So eventually. My career was just dwindling to nothing. And I sta- I began to stage manage, which is the hardest job of all time for theater. Oh, yeah. The most thankless, hardest. I have so much respect. You know, all the actors at the end go out to party and you're stuck dealing with everything. And oh, it was hard. Totally. I, I yeah. Did that. And then my wife, I went into contract to NBC. We decided to move to LA. So I went with her and one of the first nights. So I went to dinner with my wife's manager and his wife. And his wife is Pam Dixon, who was a big cast director and getting into independent casting. So I came home that night and I said to Kim, do you think it'd be weird if I entered? Because I didn't have a job. I, I was supposed to stage manage something in LA that fell apart. And so she said, no, I don't think it'd be weird. So I interviewed. I got the job. The very first day, Pam realized that I was not capable. I mean, I didn't know anything, you know. So she was like, yeah. you can stay on if you want as an assistant, you know, for next to nothing. And I did. And that was a mini series called On Wings of Eagles. Wow. And then that ended. The job was over. I went into public relations for a while. And Pam, if I remember correctly, helped me get 
an interview with Ruben Canning because I was miserable in public relations with my job. And I got an interview with him and I got the job. And he was the best person of all time and the best to learn from. And so I got thrown into a lot of very high-end movies and high-end shows. Wow. My very first thing, and I let me tell you, I knew nothing about casting, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ruben was doing that, the Robert Zemeckis. Oh, yeah. And I did the voice casting for that. Not very long after I began, Eric Dawson came from Nebraska because Ruben had cast a miniseries in Nebraska called America. And Eric was working for a casting office there. They met and Eric moved. And so we both began working together. And then a couple of years into it, Eric said, maybe we should go on our own. So we did. So that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. That's how I knew you when you were, yeah, you were together. Now, when did, so we've got Alex Newman with us as well. Hi, Alex. Hi, Rob. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So when did you two then, when did you come into business with Robert? Oh my gosh. I had been working on Friends for a few years and then that came to an end and I had to figure out my next move. So uh, I ended up meeting with Robert and Eric and they were doing a I think it was a call. It was called a graphic novel and it was just a total departure from, you know, the comedy world. So I read that and instantly, you know, fell in love with Robert and Eric and gosh, I've, I've been with the company since, I don't know, like 12 plus years, something like that. Maybe more, right, more, Robert? I think more. Like 15 more? more? 15 years? Yeah, like, yeah crazy. It was so long ago. It was so long ago. Yeah. And I just kept coming from project to project and it kind of became a family place, you know, and it just, it is, it's, you know, cause they say you have your home life, you know, your home family, and then you have your work family. And, yeah. you know, that's, that just became so true. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And we're talking specifically Supernatural. So how'd you find your way to Supernatural? I think maybe Patrick Rush, who yeah. had been at Warner Brothers, might have suggested yeah. me is what I think happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was leaving and he couldn't do the series. Thank goodness. So, um, right. Yeah. So that's, and I, wow. it's so strange. I don't have any memory of the interview. It just seems like I was always there. Yeah. I, it must have been through Patrick, I'm assuming, or Warner Brothers, because, you yeah. know, our name, we'd be suggested for jobs through the studio. Sure. Too, by the studios. Yeah. So walk the listeners through how the process works. Now it's changed so much. It's different now than it was when I auditioned for the show. Oh, yeah. But what what's the typical process in terms of when you get the script, then what happens? Okay, I'll start. Then Alex, you can fill in because you'll probably yeah. be better than me. Um, <laughs> you read the script. There's a service called Breakdown Services. You send the script to Breakdown Services. 99% of the time they break it down. There are the rare occasions where we've broken a script down. Or So Breakdown does that. They write the... Breakdown writes those things. Although, you know, sometimes it depends yeah. on the producer. Sometimes it's exactly what Breakdown's written. Sometimes producers completely rewrite the breakdowns. It's okay. different every time. And it's a synopsis of who, who the character is. The character right? So it's descriptions, like... Yeah. Right. And yeah. a synopsis, a short couple line synopsis of the episode. But a character description, yeah. And we tell them specifically which roles we're doing, which we're told that by by the uh, producers. And then we get the breakdown. And then once it's approved, then we release the breakdown. And nowadays, within you know, oh. seconds, you, know, you can have 7,000 submissions for a character. I mean, it's it's gotten out of Crazy. control, outrageous. Right. Yeah. Of, um, and what the, what the submissions are is they used to be 
when you did it, Rob, when you came in for Supernatural, we would get pictures delivered at the end of the day. And we would have just thousands of pictures in our in our photo room. And now it's all on the computer. So now you just get a little tiny picture of the actor. And then you can click on their resume, their um, what you know about them, their height, all that kind of stuff. You can click right. into that. And then we decide who we want to bring in. And in those days, you know, when you were actually doing it live with Eric, I was doing it with Eric Kripke, which is crazy. The whole beginning was yeah. Eric in when you were ever when you came on, Alex. It was oh yeah, uh huh, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, like probably that first year. And I'm uh-huh. trying to think if directors were in in those days. I I don't remember, but anyway, there were producers. No, it's usually just a writer, basically. I think one of the writers and Eric and the producers. Yeah, and and yeah, and so um, you know, you might bring six or seven people per role. It's really, you know, there were times we'd bring 12 and that nobody liked that. I mean, the producers didn't like it because they said, you know, they want you to really narrow it down. Um, whereas with nowadays, uh, the way it works, as far as for actors, I think it's so much better because we see hundreds of people per role because you don't have to, and then decided to send because you don't have to worry about taking up the producer's time. So I think it is better for actors now, for sure, in that way. Yeah. And right. to, yeah, take chances on, on new actors because, you know, everything moves yeah. so fast in television, especially the supernatural, you know, because we'd have to make sure, you know, to, to get people over, you have to get the studio network to approve, then make sure they can go to Canada and then get everything. So it's, and and now it's just such a fast process and with the COVID of everything that, you know, it is so nice that you have, you can just do things immediately online. If you don't think that the actor got the character the way you see it, you could just make a quick call and be like, hey, can you just put yourself on tape again? Right. And then you get it, you know, half an hour later. It's everything's yeah. so fast paced online now. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. It's crazy. So are there any in- instances now where you have in session meetings? None at this point. I mean, I'm sure maybe some cast people do. And I do think it's going to go back to that because I actually just interviewed for something that I didn't get, but they said that they uh, wanted to do in-person auditions. Oh, I do think it will eventually get back. And I know it's already happened for theater and for commercials. Um, Right. But for right now, no, I think, and I think in all honesty, it's because it's so convenient for everyone yeah. to do it from yeah. home that they just, you know, it's, and we gave yeah. up our office, which was really sad because our office. Oh, no. We, had so oh, really? we held on to it for a year because, you know, wow. in those early days, it was like everybody was like, oh, COVID's going to be over in two weeks, three weeks a month. I mean, it was so crazy, you know. <sighs> End of an era. I mean, you know, I have to say there's, there's a part of me that, that misses. I liked the idea of going in because I come from a theater background. I like the idea of going in and feeling the energy of a room, making choices, depending on that energy, you know, and and I kind of miss that part of it. I do too so much. And I I thought I was going to hate it this way, or I did at the beginning because my favorite part was meeting the actors and talking. Yeah. Um, sure. And the, yeah, but I think that, relationships. And yeah, yeah, the totally. Negative for the actors, I think, is because I think it's great you get to do it so many times. People mm-hmm. get nervous, don't have that. But the negative is that now casting is by the choice you make often because you don't have a director or a cast director in the room to say giving you notes. Yeah. And yes, like totally. Alex said, there are the times, but there's times when things are going so quickly that. You just, you send the people that made the choice that you know that they wanted. And that is kind of the right. drag for the actors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
And the other thing about uh, you guys too, uh, being in the business for so long and, and working so many different things is, yes, you're seeing new actors, but you also have relationships with actors that you've cast oh, yeah. before. So that that's a part of it too. I, I'd assume being in the business for so long, there's a shorthand. Oh, oh we got sure. this kind of guy. Oh, okay, we're gonna. That's a you know a Rob Benedict type or yeah. whoever. You know what I mean? That you can call in those people yes. and that yeah. That saves and, time. And it's it's definitely those years of relationships that, you know, you they're the first people obviously that come to your mind and they're the people you think of, but yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. just like a, a a walking Rolodex, basically, yeah. you know, and yeah, and you know, oh maybe, you know, say actor didn't get this, you know, that part, you know, right. then we just have them right there ready to go. Okay. Oh, right. we love what they did. Yeah, you know, we'll remember them for something else. And there's always so many great, cool parts that you know, the right actor always gets the job, as they say, you yeah. know. Yeah, Luckily, yeah. even before COVID, because so much was out of town, we started using services like Cast It and EcoCast, things like that. And yeah, so we have, since that happened, when, when actors started getting filmed, we can always go back and look at auditions and who auditioned for that role that was a similar type and all that, too. So Oh, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. Very convenient. And we used now to you have mentioned books of lists, which are long gone, but we used to keep yeah. these books. Of lists. I remember no, paper, paper. I know oh, paper. paper. <laughs> I remember having to drive to my agent to pick up the script or pick up the sides or the script of yeah. his pilot season, right? But I have to make if I have an audition tomorrow, I got to drive to the agent and get it because you know it's before they were like. Then they started faxing it. Yeah. Then you yes. they fax you the sides. Those the uh, initial no. fax were terrible. I don't know if you remember they were flimsy and yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they'd be like diagonal, things oh, cut terrible. off all yeah. the time. Like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. It's so different. This is Richard Spate Jr. stopping in to say hi and let you know that we've got to take a quick break. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance, you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. 
In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit SeekAnomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the episode. You mentioned flying actors to Canada to work on Supernatural. What's What was the conversation and collaboration with the Canadian casting office? Because I know there was a local casting office for the Canadian actors that they oftentimes play the sort of co-stars. Or the, usually it was, it was a smaller role. You tend to fly the bigger yeah, roles up in LA, Especially correct? the first mini seasons. In fact, I was just in New York. We were watching a Supernatural and I could not believe how many actors. It was one of the, it was, might have been the first season. Wow. Flew, you know. As it went along, by the end, we flew less and less, we, we cast less yeah. and less. But um, yeah, yeah the, the local casting directors were amazing on Supernatural. The best. That's Corinne and Heike. And they, they're the best people, the best. They have great taste. It was amazing collaboration with them. And would they, do, do, you, do you share your choices? Do they go, hey, this is who we've got for this? Is there collaboration well, that way? There is, I think, with a lot of casting companies. We didn't do it as much. I mean, we never reviewed their choices, which I know a lot of, Cast directors have to do that or choose to do that. I never do that. Do you do that, Alex? Ever? Um, not you know, only on like pilots, really. Is yeah, what I yeah, saying. yeah. You know, like stuff like well, that. Pilots that usually comes to us first, and then we send off everything to the yeah, and people. yeah, and then we'll look at some of their choices. Yeah, too you know, for that. Producers but are looking at all their all their choices, right? For sure. Yeah. We- you talk about uh, a lot of actors. We're specifically in this this episode of the podcast. We're talking about episode three hundred three. Uh, Rich and I are watching the show for the first time, so that's what this is, right? So we're we're kind of blown away. So you've got in this episode, you've got Sterling K. Brown, mm-hmm. Lauren Cohan, Michael Massey, Jim Beaver. I mean, the the yeah. really great, you know, all L.A. people. Uh, flying up there. Uh, she's not in this episode, but she's she's around. She's in the next episode, and she was in the one before. So, y- were you familiar with these actors before you cast them? Do you remember, like, say, Lauren well, Cohan? Did you know no, her? She was a pre. I, I don't think Alex was on yet. Were you? I wasn't on that episode. Yeah, Lauren was a pre-read, and I just thought she was amazing. And if my memory serves me, it wasn't. Like a slam dunk with our producers, it was, but it wasn't like you would just mm. think, oh my God, we're so lucky to have her, you know, but, and we were so lucky to have her. She was amazing. Yeah. She's um, awesome. She was a pre-read. Sterling was a pre-read. I had um, cast Sterling. I just suddenly now thought of this as a bartender, couple line bartender in a, another failed pilot that I did. I never remember the name of it. And I just That's thought he amazing. was the best, most special person ever you know i really did i just thought he was and you weren't wrong and then michael massey i was a giant fan of and brought in for everything and i think i'd cast him in several things as well she was the one that i had never cast um and then michael's the kind of actor you see in everything oh yeah he was the best and um i knew them because i cast them but not lauren lauren that was the first time that i met her just in a pre-read that's amazing so let's let's tell the people what uh, pre-read is oh in those days it was because you could bring such a limited group in, 
you brought people in just for you, the casting director, and met them. And and if it was somebody you even knew that you wanted to work with on it, you know, to tell them about it. But it was a it's called a pre-read. And now kind of everything's a pre-read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, Jim Beaver yeah. was my close friend even then. He we we my wife was in his wedding and we were oh wow we were he's still one of my very best friends. Yeah. He, oh that's awesome. He, my, father's memorial in Modesto surprised me. I didn't, hadn't even told him my father passed away and he showed up, you know, six hours from here. Oh my God. He's the best. He's just the best guy. Mm -hmm. And now on the voice too. Yeah. Yeah. I get to see him a lot at these, at the conventions. Uh, He's one of the good ones. Um, Yeah. So, so that's amazing. I mean, pre-read basically is you're saying that you, you don't really know this person and you, you need to, to, to read them first. So it's amazing that someone like Lauren Cohan, you know, going in and not knowing anything or anybody. And that's amazing. And special, so special, you know, besides being super talented, she is very, very unique and special. Well, uh, Ruth Connell too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. what about Misha Collins? Misha, Misha. I had, oh, I, he's the best. I Misha, I we cast in Nip Tech, and mm-hmm. I auditioned many, many times and thought he was wonderful. But Alex and I were talking about this last night. We had no idea that that role was going to take off and become what wow. it became. Yeah, and that's largely due to his talent. He's very talented. He is, and you know that's a fun thing about this show too. A lot of us we went on as just a one episode guest yeah. star. And then it turned into more, yeah. a lot more. Who knew that this, you know, 15 years later, later I'd still be, yeah. <laughs> be in my I life. And, yeah. It's and insane. Started out as, and then came, became God and the whole Yeah, like, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought? So, we are both such huge fans of yours, Rob. Oh, thank oh, you so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love you guys. I'm really excited to, to do this today. So what do you have like a memory that sticks out of all the years you worked on the show? I mean, would it be something like casting someone like Misha Collins or I don't know, or getting, getting a certain actor that you didn't think that you'd be able to get? For me, that was totally personal that my wife did three episodes a day or two episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was fun. Yeah. And she was, um, and Bob Singer had, who was, a, I love him, was a close friend too, because he had um, cast Kim in a show called Midnight Caller many years before. Oh, and yeah. And Clark had cast Kim in a lot. So that was fun. Um, so we'll have to have her on the show. Oh, well, that'd be great. She'd love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. It's hard. Because the great thing about Supernatural, and I think one of the reasons that it was such a great show, is it was never about stunt casting it was always about casting the best actor so we were always looking for the person the most right for the part and that right. made it incredible because you ended up with just a bunch of wonderful actors you know and yeah. the couple stunt casting things that we did were very specific like paris hilton and um right snooky yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> rick springfield yeah, yeah. rick springfield yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And those were all great. Yeah. I ran into Paris Hilton at a party once and told her that I was due to decapitating her because she got, remember, she got her head cut off in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I uh, know. That it was it is it fun to make the call to people who like Sam Smith who hadn't been on the show for 10 years and then you're like, hey, you're coming back? Or Very. you know what I mean? Is that yeah, I bet that's a fun call to yeah. make. It's always oh. a good call when you're making to somebody getting the job. It's always incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good call. Oh, I know. And I and it's so great when you see that person when you 
you know, you're reading with various actors and they all give, you know, the great performances. You remember these people, but then there's that one person who just fits the role and you just like see the magic and you just see the character come to life in such a cool way. Like that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. experiences. You know, and then if they're the one that get it, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, if yeah. your choice gets it, you know, right. So, like, so it, how does that work? So you've got a choice, and then, but basically, you've got to then leave it up to. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's the. It depends on the the showrunner, and it depends. You know, there's the occasional times where somebody will ask our our opinion who we want, or but you know, there's a way of letting them know who we want, but but it sure. is we do that quite often. But right. it is definitely um, up to them for sure. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, um, it's so valuable to have you guys in because you're such a key part of this show. We keep we say time after time again, the guest stars are mind blowing. They're so good, and we're watching the show from the beginning, and we've been just, just constantly blown away that like it's a really good show, really? and the the, the oh. guest stars are really what makes it because you've got two leads. Mm -hmm. And everyone else is revolving, a revolving door. And it's just, it really, time and time again, you're like, it's no wonder that the conventions happen and these actors make appearances because as a watcher, you you have little favorites of the recurring characters. So, absolutely, yeah. And it's all attributed to the work that you do. Oh, thank you. It is, it's, it's been such a blessing to work on a show for, oh. I mean, what shows stay on for 15 seasons? You know, sometimes you get one season, you're like, oh, and you work so hard on something. And this has just been, and every single season was different and different news stories. It, it never jumped the shark. It was always just, mm -mm. you know, it's like a, a big love letter of 15 seasons. And and I know people who are, who are watching the show now who just started, they did it over pandemic and stuff. And they just are obsessed. They're like, oh my gosh, this is the best that, you know? And it's like, yeah. it's always just, so nice to hear that, you know? Yeah, yeah. We do these conventions and we always say like, who's this, their first convention? And like all these hands go up. They just discovered the show on Netflix. Yeah. You know? yeah. Isn't that well, yeah, after being in the business for so long, it's, it's, I was looking at my MDB the other day for the first time, actually really wow. looking at it. And I saw shows that I completely forgot, you know? And wow. I've been fortunate, we've been fortunate to do a few that have these kind of, Followings, because most shows don't, you know, I did Battlestar Galactica and then obviously Glee and now The Boys and Supernatural. Those are shows that have the, the followings that you don't get in 99% of the shows that you work on. It's so true. Yeah, it's really special. Supernatural is very special. It is special. And uh, we just so appreciate you guys coming on. It's it, personally, it's such a treat because I don't get to see you guys anymore with this, the way yeah, things work now. So. It's so fun seeing you. Yeah. Know, it is. It's kind of in person. Yeah. We are lucky. I know. Very we, lucky we, that we have Eric, had Eric Kripke because yeah. he is the best. He is. The, yeah. I just always tell him he's the kindest, smartest. He knows what he wants. He, you know, he, he's very strong about what he wants, but he's so respectful of your opinion and open and he's just the best. I mean, yeah, I just am eternally grateful to him. Yeah. Yeah. He Absolutely. really is. He is. And so, yeah, so kind to actors yeah. and like anything, yeah. you know, I just would love to listen to his direction that he would give yes. in the room yeah. to them. And he just like, he just warmed everyone up and you could, you know, it was just, it was a really wonderful experience. I'll always treasure it too. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Well, thank you guys so much. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for awesome. Hey there, this is Jared Padalecki and I hope you're enjoying the episode, but we got to pull over for a second for some messages.
Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right. Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game. And it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real-Time Arena. So as we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means? Free stuff. Free stuff, just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week, you take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the episode. Well, that was fun because we got Robert and we also got Alex Newman, his associate, who's such a, a big part of the casting process as well. It was fun for me, as I said, to see them because we work together. So that was great. Thank you again, Robert and Alex. And now it's time for your favorite section, mythology. Mythology, mythology. All right, well, let's talk about rabbit's feet. Uh, Sam's line about the rabbit's foot being cut in a graveyard at night on Friday the 13th is consistent with mythology about rabbit's feet, according to Lucifer Ascending the Occult in Folklore and Popular Culture by Bill Ellis, one of your favorite books, Rich. Oh, Billy E. <laughs> Billy writes that some early 20th century advertisers tried to vouch for their authenticity by claiming a highly unlikely set of circumstances. Tell them what they said, Rich. The left hind foot of a rabbit killed in a country churchyard at midnight during the dark of the moon on Friday the 13th of the month by a cross-eyed, left-handed, red-headed, bow-legged, and insert racial slur here, riding a white horse. By the way, the racial slur was inserted in the quote. We removed it to be PC right. here on the uh, right. podcast. I, that, was, that wasn't me throwing it in there. Apparently right. this old quote wasn't up to snuff in terms of being decent to all peoples. Yeah, and it really calls into question Bill Ellis. What's going on? No, he didn't write oh. that. He's quoting oh, it. Oh, I see, okay. From some ancient text. Okay, wow, that's some serious wording there. All right, well, there's no clear history for why people believe rabbit's feet are lucky. In fact, cultures around the world believe it to be lucky, including Europe, China, Africa, and North and South America. People love the rabbit's feet. You know who loves rabbit's feet a lot? Rabbits, true, when they have their true. feet attached to their body. Uh, you, you know, I bet the rabbit's feet are like, you know, what's not lucky? Having rabbit's feet, because then people want to take yeah. them from you because they think they're lucky. If they were, you know, I can hear the rabbit's argument now. If they were that lucky, would I live in a hole in the ground? 
Would I be stealing carrots from Farmer Brown's garden? Hell no. I'd have a dope penthouse somewhere with a view. Elevators would have low buttons so I could go ding with my ear and up I'd go, opening it up. You know what they call it? You know, hump like rabbits? Because we know how to party. You think I would be in the ground, like, scrounging for scraps? I'd be, no, man, I'd be living it. I'd be living the life. If these were lucky feet. They're not lucky feet. They're back off the whole lucky foot bit, says says Random Rabbit. You're right. It, the, 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 because the person that was really, the being that was least lucky of all was the rabbit who that foot belonged to. Correct. Hobbles, yeah. they now call him. Yeah, hobbles. Good point. Uh, you know, in North American folklore, the rabbit's feet have their uh, origin in your favorite, hoodoo. Who? Uh, the, ho- the hoodoo. Who do what? Who do do? Who do you? <laughs> I'll tell you who do you. A rabbit. If he had a dope penthouse, he'd get you up there and give you the business. Oh, man. Bring me that one-foot rabbit. One-footed rabbit. You know where that foot would go, don't you? <laughs> rabbits, rabbits don't play ball when it comes to playing ball. <laughs> All right, it's time for fun facts, everybody. Fun facts, fun facts, fun facts. A Bad Day at Black Rock is the name of a film that is a 1955 Western directed by John Sturgis. Yes, that's right. The name Bella Talbot contains two references. Bella, as in Bella Lugosi, who famously played Dracula in 1931, and Lon Chaney Jr. played Lawrence Stewart Talbot. In the Wolfman in 1941. Are you and Lon Chaney Jr. related? Because you both have the same last name. Obviously. Me, Lon Chaney, and Cuba Gooding. Oh, we're all, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we're first cousins, I assume. Oh, wow. Um, hey, uh, why Bad Day at Black Rock? What about this is like Bad Day at Black Rock? No idea. I, I did not know it was a reference from a film until right now. Uh-huh. Um, aren't they yeah, in Black I, Rock, though? Isn't that the town they visit? So I guess oh, is it? Okay. the alliteration I know. is just clever and yeah. Ben is smart. I think Bad Day, Bad Day at Black Rock is a, yeah, it's just one of those classic Westerns, you know, shoot out at high noon, that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess I need to see that one. I, I literally did not know it was a Western, so egg on my face. Yeah, it's it's uh it's the name egg, of a film from a 1955 yeah, Western. Egg on your face too cuz you didn't know. For sure. You got a face covered with egg. <sighs> Listen. I assume that's egg. My... I know you've been partying with the rabbits. Yeah, just leave me and my one-footed <laughs> rabbit alone. Um, you know Lauren Cohan, can we talk about Lauren Cohan? She's just You fantastic. apparently want to talk about Lauren Cohan. <laughs> You're really you light up like a kid on Christmas morning every time you read her name. Boy, if you people could see what I see, well, you would really be Nervous. <laughs> uh, Lauren Cohan originally auditioned for the role of Ruby. Ah. Yeah. This yeah. is the first time Bobby uses what will eventually become his catchphrase, idiots. Also, right. the Biggerson's Diner appears several more times in the series. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Didn't know any of that. I mean, I knew about idiots was his catchphrase, and this is the very first time. Yeah. We go. I'm curious if uh, if if Jim threw that in as a or if that was written on in the script. That feels written to me. I mean, the way he says it, kind of delivered, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to ask Jim yeah. next time we have him on, which we will do. So we'll ask Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Production designer John Marsnick. Production designer John Marsnick said one little touch I brought into that episode was every time good luck happens, there's a rabbit in the scene. The Vietnam vet has a patch with a rabbit on it. 
and the lottery cards have magician's hats with rabbits coming out of them. There are others in the episode that if you look, you can find them. That's interesting. I love that. There we go, everybody. You got to go back and watch the episode looking for the hidden rabbits. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I noticed one Batman, Batman, there's some Batman references here. Lauren Cohan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan played Bruce Wayne's parents, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, wow. Did you know that? Yeah. I did not know that. And they also starred together in The Walking Dead. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dean Winchester says, I'm Batman. Right. And then Jensen Ackles goes on to voice Batman in Batman The Long Halloween. Ding dong, trick or treat. I'm Batman. Yeah. I thought that was really funny, too, because Jared's like, no, you're not. You're not Batman. I'm Batman. Uh, I'm Batman. Spanish actor Claudio Serrano voices both Batman and Dean Winchester in Spanish dubs. That's interesting. Yo soy that el is, Batman. That is a fun fact. A, yo soy el Dean. Claudio Serrano voices Batman and Dean Winchester in the Spanish dubs. Um, yo soy Dean, el Batman. What country were we in when we met your supernatural dub? France. Uh, we were in France, and I met my French-speaking uh, counterpart. And he, he's awesome. He kind of looks like a... a, a taller way more french version of me like we kind of look alike a little bit yeah that was fun he's so charming yeah well that a lot of fun watching this episode always fun talking about the episode i can't wait to find out more i mean what's who's this character bella is she coming back what's going on with bella you know asking all the questions you gotta wonder i don't know man and Sterling K. Brown, is he uh, going to escape from prison? There's a lot are they going to let Sterling do something other than sit in a blue jumpsuit and talk? You know what I mean? Exactly. Put, exactly. put him back on the streets. Exactly. Give the man a weapon. Exactly. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you uh, next time. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars include Lauren Cohan, Jim Beaver, Sterling K. Brown, Michael Massey, and John Van Ness. Bad Day at Black Rock was written by Ben Edlund and directed by Bob Singer. Editing by David Ekstrom. Music by Christopher Lennertz. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. This episode originally aired on October 18th, 2007. That's one day after the birthday of Robbie Westerman. Who's Robbie Westerman? Buddy of mine from high school. <laughs> October 17th. I should have gone in the in the fun facts because that was <laughs> super fun. Uh, this episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Heide Holster. And it edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. <laughs> Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. It was certainly not helped by the fact that I forgot a microphone and am sitting in an echo chamber with a very loud fridge behind me in a corporate apartment. <laughs> Good point. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now. Become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Do it. You know you want to.
And for what it's worth, and we can cut this out if you want, we're, we tried to get Lauren Cohan and Sterling K. Brown, but they are uh, super famous, <laughs> and we we just couldn't. But no. uh, just, see, just so you know, we do try. We do try. Yeah. I want everybody out there to know that we try. When it comes we to try. success, we strive for it. Do we fall short? Oh, sure. Judge us not, because we put forth our best efforts. Yeah, and we say when we say we, we mean, we, we mean Steve Hine. We need producer Steve Hine, who, by the way, yeah. I'm sure has cried into many of those throw pillows I see behind him. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob Benedict. <laughs> so, good. so far, so good. And I'm Richard Spate. All right, I guess we'll start over. Now, the brothers are all on the, the brothers are all of them, all the brothers. <laughs> so Sam and Dean are able to find the foot. Find the foot. <laughs> find the foot. Wait, what should that say? Find the foot in thieves? Is that a saying? Foot and thieves? <laughs> Sam and Dean are able to find the. Oh, right, right. <laughs> right, right. The rabbit's foot. <laughs> I, thought, I thought foot and thieves was like a saying. You know that old slogan, find the foot and thieves. <laughs> What's your face doing, Rob? What are you doing? Because I can barely hear you. I'm just, it's going in and out. Oh, man. This is going to be a great podcast. Storybell Media. <laughs>